Hello and welcome to the Fed by Farmers podcast with me, Cami Wilson. And me, Iona Murray. Today, as every other day, we are sponsored by Crystalix and Animax Trace Your Bolus. Thanks to them for their continued support and we'll hear a bit more about them later in the show. Are you gonna, what are you going to say? No, sorry. Did I do it wrong? <laughs> no, I was just going to ask, is Trace Your Bolus like a specific product? Yeah, so Animax uh, does the Trace Your Bolus. Trace Your Bolus, is that a product or is you're just tracing boluses? no. no. <laughs> Trace, sure. Trace, sure. Sorry. Not trace your bolus. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Our guest today is Brendan Muldowney from Farming Partners. How are you, Brendan? Hello. How are you uh, doing? I, I thought we'd better address the fact that you are here, but we're doing it differently. <laughs> but then I need to come back to this comment Iona just said. I thought we're going to be past it. Trace then. your bolus. That's, that is class. <laughs> I keep thinking that's what you're saying. If, if you would like to trace your bolus, then please contact Animax. Um, it's similar to find my iPhone. But uh, I'll give you a clue. It's probably in the sheep's belly. <laughs> Where are those 200 boluses I bought last year? <laughs> anyway, that's fantastic. So Brendan is joining us today. We're looking forward to hearing more about this. You are the first person we've had in the podcast that I don't know. Very good. And I, and I believe, he's just been telling us, hasn't he, that it works both ways. You've no idea who I am either. Sorry about that. Yeah, I should have done my research, but no, I don't. No, I like it's so it. So refreshing. I like isn't it, it. Yeah. So, how did you come to be in this room? Uh, well, it's it's through your big cousin um, Neil Wilson. So he somehow uh, we were talking about our brand, farming partners, and anyway, Neil said he's got a little cousin, Cami. You should have a chat with him. He's really good at all this stuff. And next thing you know, I'm sitting here talking about I don't know what. Good yeah. at what stuff? I <laughs> know <laughs> we're still still figuring that out. He didn't quite quantify. Yeah. Yes, yes, and you, you still haven't found out yet. Uh, I'm certainly not showing myself off good here. Well, not as bad as Iona with that nonsense <laughs> at the start. But what I should say is, if anyone knows Neil Wilson, he's, he's head of the IAAS Institute for Auctioneers and Appraisers Scotland. Is his big thing, uh, and actually the biggest string in his bow is the fact that Amy's little cousin. Um, so <laughs> you're he, not, he didn't sell it like that. You're not. I can imagine. <laughs> Never mind head of HSBC and all this nonsense that he did. That's that's the big one. Um, so no, fantastic. Neil phoned me and told me about this thing, and he was saying, you know, asking me for advice about how to help you guys promote your brand, and he told me a bit about what you were doing, just a little bit, and I said, you know what? Why don't you just send someone up, Brendan? to come and tell us about Farming Partners. So let, let's dive straight in. What is Farming Partners? You'd think I'd prepare this, wouldn't you? Um, uh, farming Partners, we're, 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 we're dairy farmers. Um, there's uh, quite a big group of us at this stage. I think we're running, I don't know, eight or nine dairy farms. Uh, I guess it's a concept or idea where we are partnering up with landowners, young people maybe who don't have land and don't have the resources to farm, partnering up with people who have those assets but maybe don't have the skills to do it. And I guess that's what Farming Partners is about, is what's that partnership of, you know, ideas with capital and getting these people up and running and getting them farming. Okay. So is it for people who aren't born into farming? That doesn't... I mean, I was born into farming, but... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say you don't have to be born into farming, but uh, it's, it's for... It's for anyone, I guess, who basically wants to farm in their own right, has a passion for dairy. It's kind of, I suppose, it's a, it's a particular niche of farming. It's it's grass based. Um, it's, so it's, it's basically New Zealand share farming idea. Yeah, it's it very it's very much it's very much copied off the New Zealand share farming idea. Yeah. Okay, so you you get a young person, 
Um, so you get a young person like myself, doesn't yeah. have a farm. Yeah. Maybe a, a dairyman's son or a dairyman or has worked in dairy and they've, they've worked their way up. Now they want to get going themselves. Yeah. Or dairyman's daughter. I'm bad for that. They come to you and they say, Brendan, I want a farm. How do you set it up? Well, I think it's maybe not quite as simple as that. It but never uh, is. It never is. It never is. <laughs> I, 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 look, I, I, I guess... The most, most of the steps have been that they're involved in farming. So they've worked in farming. Maybe they've gone to ag college or, um, and they've got this passion or interest in farming. Um, they can work with us, discover if they have what it takes, have the skill set, have the mental attitude. I guess if they have what it takes, then usually an opportunity presents itself. So I suppose the flip side of it is we need someone to give the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, 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 am I right? And tell me, tell me, what would ultimately be one of your goals? One of my goals, yeah, would be. I, I would, I would argue, my only real goal is to have my own farm. I would say, I certainly, yeah, that that would be the only goal. Okay, so I suppose it's quite interesting because it's I, I, Neil. I don't know a lot about you, but he did tell me that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there are a lot of people who have your goal, but there's also a lot of people who basically have land. Uh, don't want to want to continue to hold land. Like there's something about land, something something intrinsic about it. Subsidies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But beyond, even beyond that, even beyond the that, there's, there's something built into us to, to want land. But there's an awful lot of people who have it, don't know what to do with it, can't actually make it work, can't, uh, you know, maybe don't want to sell it, want to continue holding onto that asset. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I suppose, where we come in, pairing up this. So we've got, we've got people in our system who are passionate about it, trained up. They have the skills to do what the other person doesn't. The other person has the land and the passion to keep keep the land and invest in that land. And I suppose then we form a partnership with them. This person comes in, they get a share of the business. And I suppose that's their stepping stone onto the ladder. Looking for the perfect way to supplement your livestock while maximizing their forage intake and digestibility? Introducing Crystalix Feedlix the convenient, smart, and efficient choice for livestock supplementation. Packed full of energy, protein, vitamins, minerals, and trace elements, Crystalix products deliver a complete nutrient package that allows ruminant livestock to prosper. Backed up by scientific research over the last 30 years, Crystalix products have been proven to support optimal animal health, improve performance, fertility, and enhance overall farm profitability. Manufactured using a unique patented process, Crystalix products are low in moisture and last longer than other blocks. The durable consistency of Crystalix ensures that animals can't gorge on the product. Instead, intakes are consistent, with products being consumed little and often as intended. Improve the efficiency of your livestock supplementation while saving time, effort and money. To view the full range and find out how Crystalix can work for you, visit crystalix-global.com. So... Right, let's let's set up a scenario. You've got a, a willing farmer has come in. He's got a dairy farmer. He's got two hundred acres running three hundred dairy cattle, and he says to you, Brendan, does that does that mass would that work? Two hundred acres, three hundred cattle. It would. It's an indoor <laughs> system. It's an un, they don't. They're never outside. They're always outside. Oh, so we're we're, we're very right, okay. But this is my scenario. Yeah. The man comes to you and says, "I've got three hundred cattle inside all the time. Two hundred acres." I'd like to, to get some young person to keep it going. Would you take them on? Yeah, I, I, there's probably a certain scale. Like 200 acres is probably, 
it's it's towards the lower end of the scale. Is that right? Uh, you're probably looking at a little bit, a little bit more than that. But we have, I suppose, we do have farms of two hundred acres. But you have to remember, in this pie, there's probably more people. Like, so you've got a landowner, you've got farming partners, you've got maybe this young person as well. So there's a certain amount of scale you need. So you need to have the pie big enough to make to make sure everyone gets a good return for what they're putting into it. I just don't see... Now, I don't know much about New Zealand. I've never been there. Iona's been to New Zealand. Uh-huh. But I don't understand how that system as such... If you're saying 200 acres is in the lower scale, I just don't see how the system can work that well in Scotland. Why? Well, how, how many dairy farms are there that are more than... Well, two, if you're saying that's the lower... Even 300... How many dairy farms are there that are more than 300 acres in Scotland? An awful lot. Yes. Did you know Scotland has the largest farm size in Europe? On average farm size? Yeah. Scotland does. Yeah. Wow. That is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but oh, but that's skewed okay, totally okay. by hill oh, farms. Yeah. No, 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 no. But even, even, even. Oh, but it is. I mean, yeah, there's, there's five. Yeah, okay. There's five thousand yeah. acre hill farms. It's it's skewed by it, but even acre. no, no, yeah. But even if you go down into the lowlands or the better areas, like Scotland has one of the largest farm sizes in Europe, and it's historic. Like it's going back. This is going back three hundred, four hundred years ago. Um where I suppose a lot of these farms got broken up right across, right across Europe and into Ireland. A lot of that did not happen in Scotland. But it sounds to me like you're, you're, you need such a, I'm not saying luck, because you make your own luck by doing things like this and telling people what you're about and they come to you. But you're wanting a dairy farmer. I didn't say a dairy farmer. You're wanting a farmer. A passionate farmer. A farmer who no longer wants to continue but has a big farm to come to you guys and say, get somebody to farm it. It does seem like quite a real thing. How many farms are you running just now? Well, well businesses, I think about nine farms. It's probably, it's probably like, I don't know, there could be 14, 15 different farms rolled into them and the nine different businesses. Different yeah. Okay. Farms. Aye, interesting. And can, can you give me a scenario of someone that's came to you and how they're getting on now? Uh, you, what do you mean from a landowner point of view, or who, what? Give us no, what do you more, mean? No, more so from the landowners will, will always be okay. But what about the the young people coming through? Yeah, look, I could. I, I look. I don't know whether I should. No, I, don't I'm give quite, me a I'm quite shy myself in terms of putting myself out there. So Are you I'm, one of them? Well, yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. but uh, like, there's there's several people in our business. Nearly everyone in our business. So I mean, if you talk, uh, take the last guy. Uh, he he came in, uh, young guy from Wales, um, basically came in with no capital, no anything, uh, worked for us for a couple of years, I suppose earned earned some money. Um, we then, on a second year, he 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 got a bonus package with base, which basically involved he got his income, but he also got uh, a, a package on top of that based on achieving certain metrics, and he could take that in cash or he could take that in livestock. Now, he decided to take that on livestock. Uh, we then got an opportunity to basically, uh, he, he, or he got, we got an opportunity to take on this farm. Mm-hmm. He came in and um, with what he'd saved, plus what had come through farming partners, uh, he was able to borrow some money. And that allowed him by, I think, I think he will have started with 50 cows. Okay. And uh, then that business is, Done okay now. We're, like so, from a time frame now, we're year one, two, three. So three, he has is fifty cows. Year four, he's now up to seventy or eighty cows. Like so, now that now mm-hmm. the snowball is starting to run, mm-hmm. and effectively he's making profit from his work 
but he's also making profit from his business now. And I suppose that's that's mm -hmm. a that's a classic case. So I suppose he's four years in with us at this stage, and that's where he's at. I guess you have other guys who are there longer and they've grown more cows and grown a bigger business. And, you know, I suppose, look, you're grinding it out. They're grinding it out. So it, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, what you, what you want to achieve effectively is, like say you want to own your own farm, say it's a couple of hundred acres. That's a couple of million quid between work and capital and everything. So you're basically saying, you're sort of sitting here saying, look, what I want to do here is I kind of want to, I want to win the lottery. Yeah, so I suppose that we've guys exactly the same and it can be done. But you know, and the, they are you know the numbers. They are no, they are doing it. But like it, it involves it involves um you know, it involves like they gotta be really skillful at what they do. They gotta be very sort of shrewd as to how they reinvest the returns they're getting. They gotta get a little bit of luck along the way. You say how lucky, <clears throat> you know, when you make your own luck, like you, you gotta get the opportunity and then you gotta put the ball in the mm -hmm. net when you get the opportunity. Uh, you gotta be a bit ballsy around the decisions you make. You gotta have a bit of courage. Like that, I talk about that young guy, you know, he doesn't have to borrow money to, to invest in cows. He could take a wage and a nice secure route and he's going the more, I suppose, entrepreneurial, aggressive route. So he, there's a load of things have to happen. And, and and even given all those things, you still might not make it. But but it is there is a route there. And I suppose within Farming Partners, we have we've had a lot of success, and we've a lot of guys who are enjoying that success. And where how did it all come about? What's your background in sort of coming up to it? Uh, look, like a lot of these things that kind of came about or, organically over a number of years. Mm. But uh, I, I guess I come from a small farm myself. And, um, you know, I, I... In the south? And are you the, south or are you yeah. north? Would you not tell by my accent? I would have said south. You're right. Yeah. 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 And there's more, there's more dairy in the south as well, is there not? It's a big dairy area. Yeah. But uh, I, I grew up on a small farm. I would define it as small. You might not. But uh, it was it was 50, 50 acres and we had 45 cows. And there was nothing in my life, only farming as I was growing up went to school and everything else, went to ag college, and I was going to farm mm -hmm. and uh, did it, did all my courses and everything else, went and did my placement in New Zealand, which, did oh. you enjoy New Zealand? Yeah, I love New Zealand. Where was your placement? Um, in Ashburton down in the South Islands. Right. Did you go there? I don't think so. No. Just it, south, south of Christchurch. Okay. Big daily country. Oh, I did, I think I, I did has, go there. I, I did go there. there. I didn't stay there, but I remember going there. Yeah, but uh, when I went there anyway, I'm, I'm like 17, 18 years of age and uh, there was a share farmer there. We're milking a thousand cows and uh, it was a week or two in there. I had my life plan and a week or two in, I'm sitting around the table and he says, well, what are you going to do? Uh, what are you doing when you're finishing up this? Oh, mm. I'm going home to farm. Right, oh, you're farming in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, I'm farming. Well, what are you doing with 50 acres and 40? Well, he nearly fell off the table. He says, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. And uh, how are you going to make money? How are you going to how are you going to have a car? How are you going to build that? So it's like, like he just blew up my life plan. Mm -hmm. So within yeah. a, within, I remember I remember like going through this crisis moment. And but uh, anyway, I ended up actually coming back to Ireland and getting bundled up to Dublin and doing a course in business. And uh, I ended up working in banking. And it was like, so why out. didn't you go back to do the farming at that point? Because it just wasn't economical. No. Like I had four mm -hmm. sisters yeah. and a dad. We weren't making any money. Like it was it, the whole thing. Like no one had explained the maths. Yes, of, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you, just, you were always going to do it I was going to farm. But uh, look, I always loved it. I, I still enjoyed it. And yeah, it, was, it, was, it was now my pastime. 
But I had an I had another career, and look, that career uh, lasted about twelve years uh, working in in banking of all things, which I suppose certainly I didn't I didn't grow up as a kid dreaming about being a banker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's f- funny, I, I I know you know absolutely nothing about me. I did twelve years as a police officer. Okay, <laughs> so very similar. I was a shepherd's son. Uh, and and there's as anyone who knows the shepherding there's no route into farming being a shepherd's son uh, so it was never an option for me to get into farming so I was always like you're gonna have to do something else I mean he could have went and worked on another farm but my father always sort of guided him out it's a hard life working on farms mm-hmm. you know as, as as most we all know in this room so ended up in the police like like you so never expected to be a police officer that's for sure it was just a a well placed advert <laughs> and me at the wrong place at the wrong time and then it ended up happening so but you obviously. 12 years in banking. You obviously like numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I was good and at pound it. pound notes. Yeah. <laughs> or euros. Yeah, I, I do. And I look, I was good at it. Um, and uh, they were good to me. And, you know, it was probably like you. Uh, like, you probably wouldn't be here without your 12 years, would you? Like, what you, I'm sure it's made you who you are today, is it? Oh, yes. It's uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's, I'm not one for looking back and saying, you know, I'd rather have done this and that. I mean, I'll, if anyone asks one thing I'd love to have done different, I'd have loved to have started shearing when I was like 16, mm-hmm. 17 and just went to New Zealand and, and done all that because those boys that have done that and girls, the stories and life experiences they have had yeah. are, are, are out of this world, like incredible. But I would argue as well, the things I've done in the police are, it, it certainly helps you deal with people from all walks of life, keep your temper, you know, I never lose my temper and uh, yeah, you've we've seen some some fun things but and I'm, I'm sure with banking as well it's like the people you dealt with in banking and your colleagues and associates there like it's another world mm-hmm. compared to dairy farming and farming yeah. like it is another world they yeah. don't realize what it's like it was look it was good and i mean in ireland at the time it was the celtic tiger i don't know if you know about anything about ireland but we went nuts and i was like i wouldn't say i was wolf of wall street but it wasn't far away right okay <laughs> yeah, young yeah. guys who are aggressive and guys and girls and you know if you had a bit of ambition about you, you got on really well we were all well Ireland like, is, is is booming eh the it's booming now but I mean it crashed out like I left after the crash I was ah, part okay. of I was part of why it crashed ah <laughs> so, okay yeah okay uh, <laughs> me and I've my seen, colleagues I've seen the big short I know how it went yeah uh, did so were you working in Dublin Yes. Do you know, yeah. Iona, do you know that is the fastest growing city in the world? I did not know that. I'm surprised yeah. at that. Because really? It, yeah, because it's Dublin every day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <It's> Terrible. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> can tell you're a dad. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, I, so that, that was a big change in your life then, the financial crash. What's this, 2012? Or? Well, I suppose what, the, the financial crash kind of started in Ireland 2007 and okay. eight. But look, it wasn't it wasn't that per se. Uh, there was a few different things happened. Um, there was actually a, a good friend of mine uh, contacted us about trying to buy this big farm, and uh, I'm the banker. I can put deals together and all these sort of things. So so I tried to help him out, and we we nearly did it. Thank God we didn't, but we we almost did it. But uh, I suppose it really got me back engaged with. Hold on now, there was a number of things happening. Milk quota was going off in Ireland. There was a lot of different change going on in Ireland. Um, so it's and then the banking sector was going through a mad crisis. So it was it wasn't fun anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, it seemed like a good opportunity, a good time to sort of exit banking because there was now I could see a route into farming and I could see a way of making. There was a way back when I was seventeen or eighteen, but I was way too naive, way too young, way too underage. I, I just couldn't see it. Whereas I guess I could see a way in Ireland of actually 
getting into this and having a viable business. And uh, so we, we <clears throat> I left the bank and I expanded, we rented land in Ireland and did all kinds of things. Um, this was in 2010. Uh, and I, being the typical banker, I took a career break where, mm-hmm. you know, in case it didn't work out, yeah. I could go back. But, yeah, I, yeah. but like, that would have been absolute shame. Like, that would have been like failure. Uh, like to go a, back, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, had, I had the route and I had the option. But what happened in 2010 and 11 in Ireland is milk quotas were going and valueless. So people could expand again, they could grow their businesses. And this was a huge opportunity for Ireland. And it has been, it's been massively successful in the, Ireland has, the whole Irish dairy industry. But... Uh, in 2010, it, this was going to happen in 2015, and everyone, all the experts, told us in 2009 it was going to be it was gone for good from then. So I had expanded, I bought cows, I borrowed, I'd done all this stuff, I'd rented farms, and next thing, 2010, 11 came back, and quotas were all mm. over it. We were going to get fined, we were going to get bankrupt, uh, and basically my route was to sort of retrench uh, and go back and. Go into the bank for a few years, wait mm-hmm. for quota, or, or start looking outside. Um, I suppose start looking outside Ireland. I tried to put a lot of deals together, and I had they, they were there. There were opportunities if you were more patient and you weren't as maybe whatever as I was. But uh, uh, we started looking in the UK, and we came across. Um, I won't go into all the stories, but look, the, it's like everything in life. It's like why am I here today? Your cousin, my cousin, whatever. It's 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 all these things are people meet people and someone says networking. something and it's all yeah. about networking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we met a really good uh, dairy farmer called Richard Beatty uh, at a number of events, and there was all sorts of coincidences of connections mm. that he knew that I knew that various different things that sort of just put us together. He had bought this farm, uh, Camrou, uh, which is a lovely farm. 600 acres. He wanted to set up a grass-based dairy. The only sort of farming we would get involved in is grass-based dairy. So we put, we did a deal together at the back end of 2011 and that was it. We we basically, I was recently married. There was a lot of different things didn't work out from a business point. There were lots of things during that. So it was quite, it was quite, a, it was quite a low point after my wedding because there was various opportunities that didn't come my way. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden, Richard came on the scene, and within a few months, that was it. Me and three hundred cows, and my wife on a lorry, and she was she had a career in the bank as well, mm-hmm. so she had to give up her job, oh, wow. basically leave Ireland and haul ass over here, bring all our cows and everything, and we set up this business, which um, I suppose was a partnership, very much modelled on the New Zealand. We sort of put our own stamp to it, and that was that's basically where Farming Partners started and grew out of from there. Interesting. And how many cows are you milking? So you're, are you still milking cows? Uh, look, for it, not really now at this you stage. Just pay, you just pay somebody to do it? Well, look, there's, there's, there's a lot of different people milking a lot of different cows. No, but I mean, do you have I'm, cows? I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, so how many yeah. cows are you milking? That, that, yeah, you don't have to say you're milking them yourself. Yeah. Most dairy farmers <laughs> would say, mo- I tell you, mo- a lot of the big boys would say, oh, I'm, milking, I'm milking 500 dairy cows, but they've maybe not milked a cow for a couple of years. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. How, how many are you milking? We're milking a good few cows, a lot of cows. Thousands. Talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me. Thousands? Tell, tell us, tell us how, how many. many? How, how do you sell your success if you don't do How many are you milking? We're milking probably. The you yourself, though, your business. Uh, well, you see, this are, business... Oh, you mean it the, all comes under farming partners? Yes. Ah, ah so it's so there's a lot of people who own cows and farms and 
you know, it's quite a, it's like you're, you're, you're sitting here talking to me, but farm partners is a lot wider than me. Right. I understand. But so you don't have a farm set up in your own name. It's all under the farming partners business. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Right. Okay. And how, how many people are involved in, do you, would you class yourself as owning farming partners? No, I class myself as one of the partners in farming partners, of which there's a, probably about 10. Okay, interesting. This is becoming like the Illuminati a wee bit. I know, I know. It's coming a bit, bit like what? The Sorry. Illuminati. It's like, oh, who's, who owns farming <laughs> partners? And it's interesting, like, they're milking thousands of cows. And how does it work, like, from a financial point of view? Like, have you had funding or anything put in place? Um, yeah, look, uh, <laughs> I mean, his cousin probably helped us along the way. And Who's a um, better banker, you or Neil? Well, that's a tough question. I would say me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Just in case he's listening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do not never give MD a compliment. Like we don't do that here. So no, good on you. Neil will love that. Yeah. I'll be getting a phone call. Um it's okay. So you're a better banker than Neil Wilson. That's good to know. So so I pro- so, well I oh, well what I would say as a banker, I am sure I made more mistakes than Neil Wilson. Let's put it that way. Yes, okay. That's that's a good recovery there. So Neil So it depends how you define banker. If you wanted money, I was a good banker. I see what you mean, yeah. From, the, from, from a bank's <laughs> point of view, you might question whether I was a good banker or not. Yeah. <laughs> you had me at cows. There you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you say, a dairy. There you go. Um, okay, so you, you financed yourself some money um, and got going. That's interesting. And is your guy still... I wouldn't imagine you still have contacts, but you won't be doing any business through Ireland if it's Scottish, but it'll be Scottish banks, generally I speak at that are financing. And you're working with contacts in Scottish we banks. Do, we do work. have a farm. We ha- like So my original farm in Ireland, uh, I still owned. We, we managed to buy a little piece of land next door and we've expanded out. So we do, we've, we've, expanded, we've expanded that business. So we do have a farm and business in Ireland still. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So and we hauled all the cows over here and then we brought them back when quotas went away and we expanded that. And we've a, we've a really good um, young guy over there who he owns all the cows and we own the farm. So we're on different, that's farming partners, there's all kinds of strands to it. We mm. own cows, other people own land, we own land, other people own cows. So there's, is, there's various different sort it's of... Interesting. There's, Listen, there's it's interesting. There's all sorts yeah. of quasi... It, it's confusing and interesting at the same time. Like, because mm-hmm. it's a totally new idea to me, I imagine mm-hmm. it is to own it as well. Uh, we're just, you know, we're sheep farmers in a pretty simple format. The only thing you could say is similar, I suppose, would be like contract farming. It's kind of similar, albeit with the contract farming, you can't really grow. To, you know, it doesn't it doesn't adjust that much like share farming does, where you can build, you know, equity in the herd, like you're saying. Where your guys are, they're building their cow numbers mm. up and becoming more involved in the business. Contract farm is obviously a contract that's set, and that's everybody knows where they are, and that's partly why landowners like it. But I mean, I am fascinated that that you're finding so many big farms coming Mm -hmm. forward to to be part of it. I think it's great. I I, I don't think, like, I wouldn't want you to, I wouldn't want to sort of sell this idea that there's absolutely, you know, there's a flood of fantastic opportunities. Like, I think they're they're out there. There's there are piles of opportunities out there. They're very, very hard got. Um, You have to... You have to be in the right place at the right time. It's 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 networking, it's people, it's all that side of it. Um, but I suppose also you have to do an unbelievable job of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, like our biggest, like on that side of the equation, like so farming partners is not about that side of the equation. Um, on that side of the equation, 
your, your opportunities come from the people you're already dealing with. So if you've got a landowner who basically has, got, has a situation where they, you know, they weren't necessarily making huge amounts of money and uh, struggling to run the operation that they had, and all of a sudden you, you, we turn that business around and we make it highly profitable and we make it highly profitable for them. We make it sustainable for them. We give them back their time and we give them money. Um, they become our, like, that sells itself. Absolutely. And there's a lot yeah, of those yeah. people out there. So so we probably don't have to market as aggressively on that side of the, on that side of things. Well, you have the other big benefit that certainly what you're trying to do, your grass system of dairy is going to suit certain parts of Scotland more than others, of course. And, and you'll be working where Castle Douglas, New Galloway kind of area. Where are you? We're kind of, we're kind of in Dumfries. But I mean, we're up in Dundee okay. as well. Like, so we're on the East Coast. So we're, yeah, yeah. we're kind of spread out. But yeah, Dumfries, yeah, but again, Dumfries is the hub. Yeah, Of course. Yeah. Um, I think it's most, is it most dairy cows. We have Ayrshire has the most dairy farms. Right. But Dumfries and Galloway have the most dairy cows. Okay. Yeah. I think that's I think is that's it? how it goes. It's something like that. We have the most small farms because the farms are smaller mm. than Ayrshire. Okay. Um but there's you know, all the all the biggest farms, I think. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong there, but all the biggest farms in Scotland are are most of the biggest dairy farms in Scotland. Oh, he's, in that getting, area. Oh, he's getting nervous now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are actually to be fair. I'm, and I'm just basing that on interactions I've had with I don't know if you know Graham Parker, he's a hoof GP, he does cattle's feet, uh, uh, cow's feet, so he tells me about some of the places he goes and serious numbers and your system because you are grass are you working with like jersey cross cattle mainly jersey, ma mainly mainly sort of frisian cross jersey cattle yeah, yeah. okay yeah. working with that kind of in your block calving we're spring calving yeah yeah uh, so we're right in the thick of it now we're probably a little over halfway there and generally start first of february and i suppose you want to be wrapped up by april time really yep and and you are then drying the cows off what November, December? December. Week before Christmas. Okay. Dry every cow off then. Yeah. Everyone has a nice holiday. Maybe you should say what that means. Uh, uh, yeah, explain. Sorry, there's a lot of listeners that aren't dairy farmers, of course. Okay. So if you could explain what drying the cows off for December Okay, means. yeah. Well, well basically, uh, to, to, to get milk from a cow, it, a cow has to have a calf. So... Uh, and uh, we calf those cows in the springtime, February, March, and then they milk all year long. And before they have their next calf, we give them uh, a rest. Or it's a, so you basically stop milking them. You, you, um, you dry them off effectively. You give them like a six-week break before they start calving in. We start on in the 1st of February. So just before Christmas, we literally dry off all our cows. Dry off means you just stop milking them. Yep, you yep. just wean you just wean the milk off them. You sort of feed them maybe a less uh, pokey diet, and uh, some 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 people you you might use antibiotics on some cows, and you might just Tube, use tubes, tubes on more. Mm -hmm. So it depends. You'll go through a sort of dry off process depending on your herd health, herd health, and all that. And what's the benefit of that? Some people will say will be saying, "Why do you do that?" Well. I suppose effectively, uh, if you are you saying if you milk them all the way through till they have a calf, then well, what's what's the benefit of your system over the example I gave earlier of the two hundred acre farm with three hundred cows inside? Uh, look, uh, I'm not saying there's benefits or you know I'm probably not here to, to say one system's better than the other. But so why do that if you don't think it's better? Because we love us, like that's, that's because you think it's better. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. I think it's better. Yeah, do you know, okay. like, yeah. do you know what I don't, I don't like is people who don't like other people's point of view. So see if someone's not happy with you saying it's better. That's their problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got to accept everyone's point okay. of view. Okay. Like I think personally, running sheep would be better. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate right. shape. But you, well, you know, but exactly. But like, you is this a shoes? sheep podcast? Sorry about that. Uh, it's most, sheep farmers. mostly sheep. Mostly sheep. But no, no, okay. we're, we're a good, we're a good mix bunch here. Um, but right, okay. Most dairy folk don't like sheep. I mean, that, that's a fact. Sheep are hard work. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, dairy, dairy's easy. <laughs> uh, we touched on this last week. We, no, we actually touched on this in the podcast last week because I said sheep are the hardest, uh, work, hardest part of farming physically, but dairy's the hardest part in terms of hours worked and you know the mental strain. We talked about dementia and mm-hmm. short sleep patterns and all the, the crazy things. The tight, how tied you are to it. You know, yeah. I, check, I can yeah. check sheep once a week. Yeah. Dairy, you're morning milkings every day or. It is far time, mm-hmm. but uh, I stand on it that sheep is the hardest physical <laughs> thing, which is why some dairy guys don't like doing it. Um, <laughs> but uh, see, I don't mind upsetting them. It's fine if they know I'm just having at it, having a joke. So you prefer that system? It's better. Yeah, I do. Tell me yeah. why it's better. Look, uh, I, um, maybe it's the way we grew up. Most of us in farming partners have been to New Zealand. We just love the idea of being outside. We like we like grass. Look, it's a very sort of I'm not going to go into the economics of one versus the other, but the idea but we love, we, the, we like the idea that that an animal can just wander outside, chew a bit of grass, can spread her own muck, can walk back into a milking parlor and put her put her milk in a in a bulk tank and you sell it down the road. I mean, it, it, it's if you know if you get a little idea that you just cannot. It doesn't matter. People can show you spreadsheets or whatever else. You cannot get out of your head. The idea of this animal walking outside grazing its own grass, the sunshine providing the grass uh, and, and this animal wandering back and then putting that in the bulk tank versus all of the other hardship, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an idea that we cannot get over. I cannot get over. And see, just for people listening who aren't as familiar with dairy farming, what is the flip? What is what are other systems like? Well, I suppose uh, probably a more prominent system would be uh, if you, if you go back, uh, the Scottish traditional system would be they will probably graze for six months of the year, so they'll be in and they'll have cows calving all year long. Um, you know, you'll have a few cows calving every month or whatever. That that would be traditional, traditional, and. Uh, uh, probably evolved from that, you've now a more, it probably would be an indoor system where you've cows who are calved all year long and they're in, they don't go out at all. So all of the feed is brought to them. And I guess, uh, I guess from a, uh, like that will be, the, that idea will be grabbed in a lot of people too, uh, as in the efficiency of the cow just having to wander up and get her feed, lie down and make milk mm-hmm. and she never has to do any any work per se. So look, there's lots of, um, there's lots of positive, I suppose from a consumer point of view, we drink milk all year long. I'm drinking a coffee here now. So in terms of our system, like it's, it's not maybe looking after all of the needs of the people of the UK because people need milk on Christmas Day and every other day of the year. So you've got to have a variety of systems to mm-hmm. to yeah, satisfy the, the consumer. Um, I guess uh, on the flip side of that, like we sort of feel the system that we have where a cow is able to go out and graze, like if you were probably to talk to a consumer, they would say, yeah, I want my milk on Christmas Day, but I also want it to be out there grazing grass. So they, they, they want both, I think. So there's, there's, there's pluses and minuses to both mm-hmm. system. Uh, from a manufacturer point of view, you're definitely going to want an intensive system with cows indoor, yeah. flat profile. That's going to be the way to go. 
from a farming point of view, uh, I, I feel that we have just that idea of grass, cows, mm -hmm. simplicity, like uh, using the resource in Scotland, we get plenty of rain, we can grow grass probably as well as anyone else in the world, probably better actually. So we have a natural competitive, it's probably the only thing that we really have a natural competitive advantage in. And from a business point of view, all I can say is, look, for us, this has been very profitable consistently, year after year after year, we've all done very well out of it. So Most forages don't supply sheep and cattle with enough cobalt, copper, iodine and selenium, critical to digestion, immunity, reproduction and growth. When it comes to supplementation, there's a danger of under or oversupply. But when bolusing with Animax Traceshore, you can be sure every animal has enough for up to six months in one single application. Animax, giving what it takes. Okay, no, I think, listen, it sounds great. I, I absolutely love it. And I like the idea of it as well. I like thinking my milk, the cows are out grazing the grass. But let's flip it a little bit and say... You're a, back to my, I don't have a particular person in mind, by the way, but we're going back to a 200-acre farm in Ayrshire where it is, it's not a million miles away from Dumfries, but we are incredibly heavy soils here, very wet, mucky. Can you, you know, how do you make that pay as a grass-based system dairy when there's only 200 acres and it's a muck hole all winter? How do you make that work? Oh, look, you can make it work. Like you can, you can run our system like actually perfectly well. Like two hundred acres is fantastic because cows don't have to walk that far. Um, I, I, yeah, so can it work in Ayrshire? Definitely can. Of course it can. Like so, I don't like we're farming. We're farming five hundred miles south of here. Yep. We're farming probably a hundred miles north of here on the east. Like so, we're we're all and everywhere we go, uh, everywhere we go, it's like oh, it won't work here. Who, where do you think you are? Mm. This is not New Zealand. It won't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everywhere we go, it works. The same result. We don't change the recipe anywhere. The recipe works. Would the recipe work here? Of course it will work here. I, I, look, I know it would. I can promise it would. You know, is it easier farm on a dry farm than a heavy farm? A million percent. Is it? Is it more enjoyable? I would say yes. Of course. It's not nice. It's not <laughs> we nice, all think it's, that, don't it's not nice yeah, dealing yeah. with in mud. No. Uh, you know, does that mean if you have a heavier farm that you can't graze, you can definitely, you can definitely graze cows mm -hmm. in okay. a heavier farm. Okay. See, as a consumer, if you wanted to buy milk from your type of system, how, how would you know? Uh, you, you just wouldn't at the moment. Do you think that will change? I think, uh, I think we have, uh, I think there is a risk to our system uh, because we don't, we are not giving, so our customer is a processor. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the risk is we are not giving our customer exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. So there is- Which is milk all year. Which is milk all year. Yeah. Um, I suppose what gives us a small little bit of protection is that how we farm is certainly more, uh, I suppose, more um, acceptable for their customers. So I suppose if they've got a spread of if they've got a spread of farms, they will want to have some farms where they've got cows at grass so they can bring their buyers. Like if, they, if, they, if they're bringing a supermarket up, they're probably going to come to one of our farms when we're out grazing, mm. show, the, show them, oh, this is, look, this is the milk we're selling you. Yeah. And it's mixed in with everyone else's milk. So I, I think, um, will it change? Yeah, like if you look at countries that do this specifically, which is the country I'm from, Ireland, 
so how we get away with it is we being our, our how Ireland gets away with it is that basically ninety percent of our product is being exported off the island of Ireland. Ninety percent. So, 85-90 yeah so it's basically That's all going to feed other amount. people a lot in of it's coming into the UK in, in powdered form like yeah. in all kinds of farm they're making butter they're making uh, oh, like we're one of the, we're one of the biggest if you, you look like a man who works out do you work out just oh, Brendan, we will compliment people here. Come on, <laughs> I drink a lot of milk. If that's you're getting that, I drink a lot of milk. But are you talk about whey protein or something? Yeah, like yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, an awful lot of those products are manufactured in Ireland. Yeah. Like, I've got a big, we've got, I've got a big mate in Orkney that lives on this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but not me. Not big me. mate, is he yeah. big? Like he's big, he's big. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like butter, we've got like um, I mean, I think we've the number one brand in Germany and uh, huge in America. So there's a lot of Kerrygold. Kerrygold, yeah. Do you like Have you them? had that? No, what's this butter? Uh, it's, butter? The best, it's the best butter you'll ever get. Is that right? Yeah. I got. Let me tell you. Tell uh, someone had a go at. Uh, we put a picture up the other day. We had pa- Lizzie made pancakes. So we never have breakfast. Lizzie is my partner. Um, we never have breakfast together because I'm always away first thing, and so we missed pancake breakfast or whatever. So she thought she, she made these lovely for pancake pancakes day. for yeah whenever it was Shrove Tuesday, is it? Mm. So made made these pancakes and. Lovely spread. There was bacon and eggs and fruit. And oh, you cream. went savoury. Well, fruit and cream and everything too. So, you know, I have a couple with bacon and eggs, and I have one with cream and for your like. Well, actually, there. I actually had cream with the bacon and eggs. You didn't. I love, I love cream. I love cream. <laughs> I did too. Uh, yeah, I love absolutely. I, I actually then ate it out of the bowl like it was a yogurt. It was great. <laughs> um, so anyway, but we had Lurpak on the picture, <gasps> and someone went like, "Oh, supposed to be supporting British farmers, and <sighs> and and you're using, you know, and you're buying Lurpak." God. It's like, oh, come on. You can't well, do Lurpak everything. Lurpak are part of uh, Arla, who are British, like so. Yeah, but Arla's Danish, is it not? Yeah, it is. But I mean, uh, in fairness, there's a... There's Does Arla UK, but They have a huge presence in the UK. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think that was fair, fully fair. Well, I'm just, I'm more worried that people think we're doing too well. Oh, 100%. That was my uh, first Lurpak, thought. I know. Is it Nordpak? Is Nordpak. the one from Aldi? Mm-hmm. Uh, I told Lizzie, don't be buying that again. No. Or if you do, keep it hidden. <laughs> Uh, so Kerry Gold, we need to try. <laughs> Kerry Gold, 100%. It's like proper real butter. Right, okay. Do you okay. know, like hard, like you need to leave it out for a bit. Ah, right, okay, that's nice. Yeah, okay, that's right. But uh, I suppose the same in New Zealand, like effectively they're manufacturing stuff and sending it away. So when you when you manufacture, like, and, and uh, I suppose as well, the farmers owned the processors. So they're able to, they're able to basically control what they do with the products and they're that, able to that, maximize their... Their competitive advantage, which they have a competitive advantage of growing grass, just like Scotland does. We don't have that sort of luxury here. So will it happen? I don't know. It'd be fantastic if it did happen. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's that's, like Denmark. Think... Denmark, the farmers own the processing oh, do thing. They? Yeah, yeah. There was an input at the NFUS. That, I'm sure the, the guy stood up and told us about Denmark. And Although some of the green th- agendas come out. What's Ireland like with all the... It's getting... It's the same as everywhere else now. It's... A big green agenda there too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of things are they pushing on the Irish farmers? Well, I suppose they're talking about stocking rates and they're reducing animals. So we've had this fantastic industry, massive growth, and now they want to. Now they're kind of they want to crush it a bit. And well, when I was over, at, when I was over at the plowing, uh, guys were ever just no. The most common question I get asked is much as rent, much as grass to rent over your way. Really? They're all asking. Well, between that and uh, going do a deal. Mm-hmm. Like every man wants a deal <laughs> over there. Like it must, it's obviously an Irish thing. Um, but they're asking, you know, much is grass to rent over there? And a lot of them were saying because of this dairy quota thing, you have to have, tell me if I'm wrong here, something along the lines of you have to have so many acres to milk so many cows. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it becomes a bidding war between dairy farmers. So they were talking about 500 euros. Yeah, to, some crazy things happen. An over acre. There. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Five crazy things. Euros. Five hundred euros, just so they can keep the cows that they have, because because the the new um, quotas, headage quotas. I'm taking it as you have to have so many acres to milk so many cows. And then we'll just put sheep on them. No, on no, them. God, they guys will not put sheep on. They'll, they'll just cut more. They'll just put more cows. Well, it, they just. Oh, so this is a system. They're, 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 renting, more they're renting more ground oh, okay, so they okay, can, okay. can so they can hold on to the business they yeah. have. In fairness, some of them it may be the case that the ground's miles away from the farm, and mm -hmm. maybe they do. Put sheep on more chance of sell a cut of silage or something. Yeah, because um, yeah, like sheep farms in Ireland are not all of them, but generally speaking, they're tiny. Yeah, yeah. You know, like sheep like isn't croft. a big thing in Ireland. Like, well, it is a big thing, but it's very, very small. Mm -hmm. Loads, yeah, loads of people. What would the average flock size be in a seventy sheep? I don't know, but the, I mean, the, the land masses are not there. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's tiny. So that I found that really interesting. That was mm -hmm. what they were talking about this this green thing, but. Yeah, and I can see why you want to come to Scotland. And it's, uh, yeah, we're good at going grass. The Ayrshire thing's interesting. And listen, if anyone's listening, 100%, if you're maybe getting on a bit or maybe you can't make the farm pay, then how do they get in touch with you? Well, we have a website, so look us up. Maybe yep. we've emails. F farmingpartners.co.uk. Farmingpartners.co.uk, yeah. Yep. And and they can get in touch with you via that. And yeah. Tell and what's that. the first kind of step? You just have, like have a chat through what what their situation is. Yeah, I suppose so, and go have a look at the place and sort of suss out. Uh, it's probably more about the people as much as anything. Like mm. so, <clears throat> you know, to try uh, like uh, the model is not for everyone uh, because it is a partnership, and partnership means it's like a like a marriage. Like it, there's give and take, and the sort of compromises, and so you you may have your farm and. But you're, you're now going to have someone else effectively running your farm and some people will not be able to hack that. So mm -hmm. you, you kind of have to suss out and put that on the table whether or not they'll, they'll, be, they'll be actually able, able to make that adjustment mm -hmm. and the change. Yeah, that'll be the tough one for a lot of people, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, like, can you imagine your dad just like letting someone else run Chris Flat? No, they wouldn't be able I, to. I his dad runs a, a big hill farm. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, no, no chance that no, just wouldn't it happen. Eh? It, it, it would, yeah, you'd be better just sell leaving, yeah, yeah, sell it and, and go away from the place. But, and you'll have that a lot with, with people you're dealing with then, I suppose, yeah, as well, yeah. like you say. That is a good point. It has to be the right person mm -hmm. with the right open mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the system, generally speaking, will be completely different to what they've been used to. Yeah, um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. Do you have Scottish people on board though? You're talking about a Welsh fella there, but do we have some Scottish well, partners? We've, 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 we've got like, a, I think we've a poor enough record in uh, from a Scottish point of view. We have Kiwis, Irish. Um, I've gone, I've gone Welsh. right off this farming partners now. <laughs> we have, we have, we so have. taken all the farms in Scotland, but there's no Scottish people. Well, we, we do, we do have, we do have Scottish uh, people in the business. But, and we did have, we had a, well, he wasn't that far away from here. We had a Scottish uh, partner. Obviously, we have lots of partners. The guys on the landowner side are, are Scottish. Yeah, but, yeah, um, so unfortunately, he actually left last year. So oh, <laughs> because he's so now you have no Scottish <laughs> because he wasn't good enough. No, no, no. He was excellent. He was right. he was absolutely excellent. But uh, he came from the island of Butte, and he loved island life, mm. and just interesting. We have some friends on Butte. They'll know who you are. I'll know who you're on about, but oh, well, okay. So you're, you're, know so, this guy so, is. so this man needs some keen Scottish farmers. That's that's what that's what we want to grow the brand for. Really, is like I, there there is like don't get me wrong. Like we've had we've we've had we've loads of Scottish people, and there's been Scottish people who've worked for us, and now they're they're set up their own dairy farms and they're running their own 
operations. So we've had some huge successes uh, from people who, but we probably, there still is a lot of skepticism about what we do locally. Oh, 100%. I mean, I have it even myself, you know, like I hear what you're saying. I know, I know people that, you know, are doing it successfully. You've got guys like Rory Christie, who is running a major operation, running a very similar kind of system, albeit they're maybe not out in grass all year, but similar type of cows and, and idea. And and it works. But and but I look at Ayrshire and, and where we farm and how heavy things are, and I just have it in my head that it would be such a mess. Well, to be, so fa- to be fair, like we, we do, we're not out grazing all year long. So we do... Uh, like so, this time of year we're calving cows. I mean, it's it's swimming wet at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I mean, ultimately we will have cows inside at the moment. So they're inside and cubicles. So we will try get out. We'll graze like uh, these last couple of days. You'll graze for maybe three or four hours, and then you're running in with your tail between your legs. So we're still we're 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 trying to get out and graze, but like we do, it's not that they're out for the whole year. Mm, like, okay. so we'll be grazing so, so from... It's basically just the same as the system we've yeah, got here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just two months of difference. We'll, 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 we're, we're grazing from probably February till uh, November, mm-hmm. but in February and March, like, depending on the weather, we'll be we'll be in and mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. okay. ducking so and diving. So if it is getting so. bad, you put them in? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, we, okay. like don't, don't get me wrong. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's very wet where we are at the moment, so we're yeah. just... And it'll be the same even in Kilkenny, which is... You know, southeast of Ireland. I mean, yep. it's they're, they're horribly wet at the moment as well, and they're just trying to pick little dry areas. And no, absolutely. I'll be honest, that makes a lot more sense to me. Like, you know, I had in my head you're suggesting that the cows were out all year, and I was like, I just cannot see how that would work here. But yeah, if you're being sensible about it and you have housing for them, um, I can see that's a lot more. The housing mightn't be as idyllic. Now, we've some fantastic setups where we've got great housing and we've more setups that we don't have, like there could be outdoor cubicles and yeah, bedish, various yeah. different things. I've seen that set up. We've got, we've got methods of getting them off the land, have to mm. have. Yep, yep. No, that's... When you farm in New Zealand, you don't have those methods, but certainly if you're farming in Ireland or Scotland, you, you have to have a method of getting the hell off the land. Yes. Um, and talking about, you know, New Zealand style of things, as... Are they a bit more it's consistent with the weather, the right way to put it? Are they... What's their land like where these day, they're doing these systems? A bit drier, a bit faster draining than ours? Gosh, look, it's a huge country. Like, it's massively long. Like, mm-hmm. So it'd go from about here to Portugal if you dragged it on a map up here. Yeah. So, mm. like, they have a lot of different climates from the top of the North Island all the way to the bottom of the South Island. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've never worked in Southlands, but we have a guy who's... We've got a, a guy who's from there. We've got several people who've worked there over the years, and they would say that it's actually similar. It's similar enough to... The climate here, you okay. know, that they get a lot of rain, and so in this, in the, in the, they are putting up kind of barns now. Look, they'll have a lot of standoff pads, a lot of crops, you know, mm-hmm. uh, turnips and beet and all that stuff that they're out wintering on. Where where I was in Canterbury, look, it was fantastic soils, um, you know, a, a meter of topsoil over gravel, and yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know, you you would get a, you would get plenty of rain. Uh, you come back the next day and you never know it rains. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just bone dry. Yeah. So just, really just free the dream, drain. The dream yeah, scenario. Flat, yeah. free draining soils. And you get away with absolute murder on some of those soils. So I think it's a it's a big variety depending on where you are and depending on the farm. And now I don't know about milk prices and things like that, but well, I do know Jersey cows generally are famous for, you know, a bit more butterfat or whatever. And, you know, that processors quite like that. How does your milk price compare with what you're doing 
bearing in mind the fact that of course you'd not, you're not suiting the processor because you're turning the tap off at a certain point of the year how does that impact your milk price compared to let's say the convention conventional system you, you, you may get hit a little bit um because of the seasonality so a lot of the processors are applying penalties to our type of farming system because oh, they're really? trying to uh they're trying Squeeze to discourage it, it. <laughs> yeah yeah um but uh having said that the product we produce we will get significantly more like we're generally selling to uh, processors who are manufacturing the milk. So it's m nearly all our contracts are not going into a carton and being drunk. They're going into butter or they're going into cheese because maybe. Because the jersey bit in it, folk love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so what kind I of milk mean, price are you on just now? Like what is your, I know they might be different well, if, between if, farms, if, but if, if, if look, we, the, this, will, is, this will, is, what date is this? This is the 9th, 20th of February? 20th of February, 2024, for him to listen to this back. Like where is the milk price at just now for you guys? I honestly don't know because we haven't got milk check this year yet for for a couple of months. Of but course, of course, dried, dried but up. Right, I, I would, okay. uh, what are you if, anticipating? If the base, done your predict if, the, if the base price was, for example, thirty six pence, we'd probably be getting about forty two. Okay. So we would be getting significantly above yes. the base price because of the solid strong of what we produce. Okay, yeah, and then that, you're pretty justified. You know that mm -hmm. would help for your argument of drying off for a couple of months because you've got that. Yeah, and lower overheads. Must be lower overheads. Yeah, yeah. Our cost base should be lower. Mm -hmm. Generally, it's generally speaking, it is lower. Yeah, because well, you only make silage for two months. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I suppose that like the cow is grazing. Like you, you can't, you can't get any cheaper than when it's out eating itself. Yeah, and less feet problems on a lighter cow. Is that right? Graham told me that he says, "Well, I've been, I've been in." Uh, I say helped them, watched them <laughs> trim trim feet in, in these kind of Jersey cross Frisian cows and we, we only ever trimmed the back feet unless there was an, a problem with the front. It, it was rapid, you know, just the back feet. Whereas with the bigger cows, maybe your Holsteins and that, all four were getting lifted. Yeah, he said that was one of the good uh, things I, about I think them. that'll be genetics. It'll be the size of the cow, but it'll also be she won't survive. Like if, if we're walking a kilometre this way, two kilometres that mm. way, like if, if that cow can't walk, She's gone. She's mm -hmm. not going to last in our system. So her feet have to be very good. So you're not going to breed from a cow yeah. that gets lame. So I mean, genetically, you're going to you're going to have to have a hardy cow who looks after itself, yep. which we do. Otherwise, you're going to cull it. It's probably very same as the sheep game. I'm sure. Like you know, it's no. Right. It's no, no, no. <laughs> Actually, we we are uh, we've been big on that this year. We end up foot vax and everything because we have such a foot problem. But that, of course, foot vax only hides the problem. It doesn't solve it. But we are working towards that end. <laughs> as should everybody be, but we now have a field of anything that we're foot-vaxxed and it's came lame from mm. there. We have a field of about 20 sheep now and they'll all just be like down the road as soon as they're, they're in lamb now, but as soon as you know we've lambed them and weaned them, they're marked and yeah, we're just going to slowly, like you say, uh, you're just causing problems for yourself if you don't tackle it, so we're just going to try and keep mm -hmm. getting rid of them. But you have to also imagine, uh, say, say you put you inside in a shed and said, look, Eat all you want. You eat ice cream every day, every day. Now, you, you, by the way, don't leave that bed. Just you, just wander up there, eat mm -hmm. some ice cream, and just lie down that bed. Or you say to you, look, I'll tell you what, you can eat ice cream, but you're going to have to walk a kilometre out there and then walk another kilometre and then walk, and you're going to have to do that like four times a day, every day. Of course you're going to have different feet. Of course you're going to be more muscular. Of course you're going to be fitter. Like mm -hmm. just, if you yeah, think yeah, about it, like, yeah. so from a feed perspective, you know, you're looking at, Animals doing a different thing too, so you, you you're you're going to have a fitter cow when it's exercising more. Oh well, yeah, absolutely, and and even just the the size of it is going to help it as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, like these, 
a lot of these bigger cows now are, are made for one purpose, of course. Well, as are your cows. Well, no, your cows will be multi-purpose, really, if you look at it. You need something that's fit, can do, can survive outside, can do the walking and produce the milk. Uh, listen, it's interesting. It's going to divide opinion. We yeah, love well. that on a podcast, mm -hmm. though. That's what gets the that's what gets the interaction. Like folk will be like, "Did you hear that guy Brendan saying that his system's better than my system?" <laughs> I I've didn't. Been I, I, I didn't. Like this for two hundred years. I did not actually say that. I said that we prefer it. Yeah, you think it's better? No, we prefer it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's better. We prefer it. But it's okay to think something. It doesn't no. mean it's a fact. I think it's better. No, no, there no, you go. No, like no. it's okay to think something. It, like I, I, I owner probably thinks blackies are the best sheep there are, right? <laughs> but you know, secretly we're all like. Pfft. You know, but let, we just let them think that it's fine. It's okay to think something. And I, and I, 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 I've spoken about this in the podcast. If you look at sheep now, dairy cattle are a bit different because dairy cattle, it's all about numbers. You know, it, whether it's EBVs and 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 statistics and facts and figures, rather than how a cow actually looks. Okay, maybe some of the showing side of things is a bit more. But you and the production side, it's about a cow. It's efficient. She's yeah. working well. She's she's producing a calf. She's producing X <coughs> amount of milk, butter fat, whatever. So you, you really are working kind of narrowed down to these kind of two or three breeds, you know, where you've got, you've got your Frisian, Holstein, folk cross them, you've got your jerseys. Whereas the sheep job, like, folk just work with the sheep they like. It doesn't matter how yeah. good the sheep, you know, sheep, and I'm going to upset folk here, but it's not that difficult to make money, especially just now. In the past it has been, right now, it's not that difficult to make money from sheep. You know, they're not, the margins are fairly similar, so we've never had to find out what the most productive sheep is. We just work with the sheep we like. I work with Scotch Mules because I worked with Scotch Mules as a wee boy and, and it's nostalgia. I just love it. It just reminds me of the good old days. Mm -hmm. Like Blackie guys, I've only ever worked with Blackies and they're the best sheep that ever lived. Cheviot guys work with Cheviots because they're the best sheep that's ever lived. But like, how can they both be the best? They can't. And we don't have any figures or facts mm -hmm. to prove it. Unlike with dairy, you can show hard facts. And that's what yeah, interesting yeah, that's sheep. interesting. We just work with the ones we like. Whereas you maybe look at New Zealand where they maybe have had to find out what sheep is the most efficient for their type of land, and there's a lot less breeds. Mm -hmm. You know, how many breeds of sheep are there? I know there's, there'll be loads of small flocks, but your main things with Romneys and, you know, get some Merinos and stuff like that as well. Yeah. And some Merino crosses, but they've fairly tightened up the breeds compared to what it's like in the UK. And, and yeah. that, that's something about yeah, dairy, you know. That's another way to look at sheep, folks. Mm -hmm. Think about the sheep you're working with. Are you working with them because they're the best or because... You just really like them and you think they're the best. You know, like that's, that's, I just work with mules because I like mules. That's a fact. Yeah. There we go. That, now, you thought you were upsetting folk. <laughs> I know, I will. Brent, you've got nothing to worry about in the I'm, comments. <laughs> you know, I got his dad over on the phone to her. What did he say about Blackie's not being the best? Did he not listen to what I said? She can go anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. We've, we've really been controversial on this podcast. I think it, no, I think it is great to open people's minds to other opportunities. Mm. That's why when Neil phoned me and told me about what you were doing uh, with Farming Partners, I thought this is a good podcast chat, you know, and I think it, it has been really interesting. Is there anything else you want to put across the folk before we wrap it up? No. Not. No, I think it's been good. I think you're, they need Scottish, young Scottish people. If you've been to New Zealand and you've got the bug for this kind of system, then get on the website farmingpartners.co.uk, give them a shout. Brendan, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Really interesting. I like a man that can take a bit of like back and forth, yeah. you know, a challenge and come back with an answer. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you both. Well, that was certainly an interesting chat with Brendan from Farming Partners. 
we we did actually end up sitting for what about an hour after i know yeah so we, we did the podcast for an hour yeah and then we actually sat chatting to brendan again for another hour mm-hmm. just i think definitely it's fair to say i don't think it made me saying he was out his comfort zone a little bit yeah definitely yeah it was new it, it, it was it was tense it, you know he doesn't know me as he said in the thing and i'm obviously quite direct and asking you know I just asking the questions that everybody wants to ask. I think you guys tell me if I'm if I'm out of line or if I'm asking the wrong questions. I thought I certainly got his passion for what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know, and his his mm-hmm. belief in his system, his grass fed, grass based system. Yep, it certainly made more sense to me once I understood that they were in the shed for a couple of months, depending on the weather. That mm-hmm. yeah. uh, initially my problem was I was thinking they're outside all the time. I'm like, well, that just seems doesn't work. I'm not saying it doesn't work. Certainly, Ayrshire. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get my head around it working here as you, as I went on about enough in the podcast. But speaking to him, what he's really looking for and what he was worried he didn't get across enough in the actual podcast was he's looking for young people mm-hmm. that, that want this opportunity, that want to come and milk cows with a view to owning cows and, and building up their own dairy herd and maybe their own farm. And it know. is a huge opportunity. Massive massive but it was really interesting because he the system he talks about i think his biggest problem is you know he was saying he's struggling to get people mm-hmm. from scotland mm-hmm. and and from the uk really i mean he said he's got some welsh lads there and but he's working with kiwis and, and things as well i think the problem is his system's kind of in between like it's somewhere like sheep farming mm-hmm. and dairy farming it's somewhere in the middle because you've all the the guddling about if we call it you know moving electric fences working outside in the in the the muck in the rain shifting cattle constantly Mm onto different keep but then you have the milking side as well Mm -hmm. so it's not quite sheep work it's not obviously it's not sheep work it's not quite sheep farming but it's not really traditional dairy farming Mm -hmm. either Mm -hmm. so he's stuck in the middle of finding the right people but there will be people out here out there hopefully there's people who listen to this podcast yeah Jump on the Farming Partners website. Um, I, I mean, I think it is a well, really, it's worth really. It. Why not? Like even just to get in touch, hear more about it. There's no, no. Yeah, plan. if uh, yeah, if if you think it's for you at all, I, I definitely think give him a shout. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his his passion was certainly there. He, he was he was in the awkward position as well as he explained to us after that when we were pressuring him for questions about landowners and stuff. One of the big draws for his clients, if you call it that, or or, or the landowners mm-hmm. that he works with is uh, discretion mm-hmm. you know so he, yeah he was really and that's something we did I, I had no idea before and then i'm looking back thinking god i was really really on it on there but i know uh so he's got to watch what he says because a lot of his yeah landowners don't want want it known their business which is absolutely fine mm-hmm. but i think listen he got his passion across and, and and that's all we can do so and the fact that he's a, a better banker than my cousin neil Neil will be straight on the phone to to tell me that is not the case Uh, but yeah no thanks to Brendan for coming in hopefully you get some feedback from that Mm -hmm. Uh, that's us for another week next week we have Emma Orr Emma Orr Scotland's Women's Player of the Year just we've got her on the podcast just before the Women's Six Nation kicks off and we have some real good chat with her so tune in for that next week thanks again to our sponsors Crystalix and Trace Sure, or Animax Trace Sure, I should say. Fantastic for them. Obviously, it's the time of year you need to start thinking about your sheep's uh, cattle as well, but sheep particularly at this time of year coming up to lambing. High energy is what they need 
not too much heavy stuff in there. Super high energy, which Chris Lights gives. So check them out. I've been Cami. I've been Iona. And we are both fed by, by farmers. farmers.